So me and these two chicks, and they were about it, right? Because they're getting money as well. Me and these two chicks, we, start, we just start fucking hammering the webcam game. Problem is, another thing I knew, when I talk about what women don't find, that, men, that women don't know what men find attractive, the earlier on this podcast, everything I said, the, po- the webcam company I was running proved that per- perfectly. The women who were on stream were beautiful, but they didn't have a fucking clue what to say. They were saying all the wrong shit, man. Every day they were saying the wrong shit and we were losing customers. Everything I was telling you earlier about wanting to be innocent. They're saying, oh, I've been here, I've been there. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You're talking to some dude. He doesn't want to hear where you've been. He knows you can't be a ha- you can't be a 10 talking about the, how you've been to Dubai with, to, to some fucking dude in Minnesota who's fat. He ain't going to ever believe that he's going to get you that way. You got <laughs> to lie to him. You got to lie to him. She's like, lie and say what? Say that you've never been anywhere because you don't trust men. You can't find a man who's serious. Make him think that if he's serious about you, that nothing else matters. Wow, you gotta put a famoose on it. So I'm trying to teach these women and the women kept fucking it up. So I said to, said to him, it's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm taking over. So what I did is I unplugged their keyboards and plugged a new one in from me behind the screen. So the chicks would sit there and hit a, a keyboard that wasn't plugged in. And me and my brother, and eventually some staff I trained, would do all the talking. The girls were just pure, just famoosers, just laughing and doing this the titties out, and they were talking to fucking ice cold hustlers. We were taking their money, all of it. If they, they come and say, well, what kind of, bro, all of it. We were fucking milking them dry. Women haven't got a clue how to famosa do. They don't have, because they rely on their looks. They don't have any of the intellect. They have no game, nothing. There's nothing. Nah, you get, you get a man, you get a man with game and give him a female's body, a female avatar, you will fuck a guy up. I had these guys selling their houses, life savings, loans, all of it to me. Give me it all. So like, and it's, it's basic shit, right? You never got feel bad or no? Fuck no. Welcome to another episode of Wet Wild. This is episode 18, Andrew Tate and Hustlers University. I'm Sean Andes. And I'm Julian Paul Butt. As many of you have almost definitely heard, back in August, Andrew Tate, the notorious misogynist, failed reality show personality, and conspiracy theorist, had his profiles removed from every mainstream social media platform. Tate, who initially got famous as a champion kickboxer, has been trying and failing for nearly a decade since retiring from combat sports to translate that success into really anything else. Unfortunately for the rest of us, at least by the way many people measure it, he's not really failing anymore. In June 2022, from the void of his D-list celebrity status, Tate splashed down all over social media. Here's a broad strokes rundown on Andrew Tate's more recent history from a GQ UK article published in August. In 2017, Tate pledged his support to Donald Trump, derided Me Too accusers, and began popping up in far-right media circles. He repeatedly praised Tommy Robinson. All right, so hold on for a second. So Robinson, this is another guy that has been on my radar for a while. He was also banned from all social media platforms not too terribly long ago for hate speech. He's he was formerly a member of the British National Party and for a while, uh, at least for a while. And he also helped incite the 2017 mosque attack in Finsbury Park in England. And that was when Darren Osborne drove a van through a bunch of pedestrians and killed one person and injured a few others. Robinson, I think he was also convicted for for stalking a journalist. I don't know. Somebody fact check that one. He repeatedly praised Tommy Robinson, and in 2019, police were called after Tate showed up at the house of a journalist who had been critical of Robinson online. At some point, Tate moved to Romania and started a webcam business with his brother, Tristan, in which models peddled sob stories in order to encourage men to part with their cash. Despite admitting the business was a, quote, total scam, the brothers claim to have been to have made millions from the scheme. Tate's toxic opinions have now so widely infected social media that they've inspired a few elementary and high school teachers to create guides to help other educators deal with the boys in their classrooms repeating things that they heard Tate say online. 
One question we could have about Tate's new fame might be, how did Tate get so popular so fast in the first place? Spending most of the last 10 years in relative obscurity, by July 2022, he was showing up online almost everywhere. And his online reach was right up there with people like the Kardashians. He didn't have nearly as many social media followers, and that figures into this too. At the time his Instagram pro uh, profile was suspended, Tate had just over 4 million followers compared to over 300 million for Kim Kardashian. But even with a smaller following, basically a little bit more than 1% of Kardashians, by mid-July, Google Trends shows that Andrew Tate's name was searched for more than hers. And by mid-August, people were searching his name almost four times more than hers. So you see the graph. Look at, look at the difference there. Like, you see this spike just at the very beginning of June, you know, the end of May, that it just starts creeping up, creeping up. Whereas, you know, like Kardashian's line for, her ser for searches for her name just kind of bounce around with a little spike probably at the end of April. And, you know, but it's relatively kind of in the same range. You could draw a straight line through that almost across, you know, from, from the beginning, from September of 2021 all the way up until now. But then you see Tate's just like cruise right up there. And at one point, he actually surpasses the total number of searches that, like her high point for the year, he gets past that. He starts to reach liftoff somewhere a little before June, around May, and it absolutely skyrockets. It's almost exponential what you see as far as how, mu how much um, attention he's getting. And I think a lot of it has got to be like people like, who's this guy? Like, why am I seeing him all over the place? And he said this crazy thing, and then they searched for him. But they, he had to be in front of those people in their social media accounts for somebody to encounter them and wonder, who is this guy? Even after we're, we're seeing these fluctuations, and of course, after the spike, we do, after the crescendo, we do see a bit of a denouement. But it levels off. Oh, I mean, it's, it's almost a crash, though. I mean, it, like, it, it drops hard. But it doesn't drop as low as it was before it started. It, it drops to about the same pace as the Kardashians. As in, their baseline. In the search history. As, the, as, as, their, the as their baseline. And largely, that, that's going to have to do, like, after all the banning, that's going to have to do with this kind of trickling effect following the flurry of coverage about him getting banned pretty much everywhere. You know, like, so he gets banned every place. But still, there's a whole lot of people who don't know who he was. They just saw the article that shows up in Rolling Stone or in, in The Post or in New York Times that talks about how Andrew Tate was banned everywhere. Because reporters are way more online than most of the readers of those publications are. They read about somebody that they don't know anything about, and then they go and they search for that person and see what's going on. And then they share a tweet about it, and then it and it's off, and all the people who are yeah, following those are that, reporters. Well, exactly. That's why it hasn't gone down back to the original level because there's still this this like the feedback persi Yeah, well, it's a persistent interest. I mean, at some point, it may continue declining. If we check back at this, you know, in six months, we might find that there's been a gradual drift off in interest in, in Andrew Tate. Period. You know, just period. But considering what we're going to, you know, what we're going to cover later, maybe not. We'll see how that's how this all works out. This is new territory. And I also don't want us to get too far ahead of ourselves. So who is this guy? Oh, thank you for that lovely segue, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really need a segue, but I appreciate that. That, that was definitely that, that was that was a seven out of ten for segue effort. <laughs> The son of chess master Emery Tate, who was referred to as a trailblazer for African-American chess, Andrew Tate won the first of three international and world full-contact karate championships in 2009. By 2013, after a brief stint in MMA, Tate, who now calls himself, quote, the most dangerous man in the world, had officially retired from combat sports. This may or may not have, but almost totally had to do with Tate's 2012 kickboxing bout with Frankie Gran who viciously knocked him out. I'm not the person to comment on mixed martial arts in any way. I don't, I don't know. Much. Well, that was, that was a kickboxing match. It's not like he fought badly or anything. The guy, the other guy was just really good. You don't have to, th we, there's no reason to throw shade at Andrew Tate about losing in that match, but that was one of the last fights that he fought. 
One of Tate's first dabbles at seeking fame outside of combat sports was an appearance on the 17th season of Big Brother, and Tate was kicked off the show after only six days following the release of a video showing Tate beating a woman with a belt. Tate can be overheard in the video saying, You haven't messaged the other guy with it for fucking again. Whether we're together or not, you're fucking dead. He actually sounded a lot like that. <laughs> Oh, it was it's a, it is a terrible video and no I'm not linking to it in the show notes. We're not going to play that audio. But as awful as it is, the woman in the video was never positively identified. And later on, a woman who claimed to be the same woman from the video has said that the actions were consensual. After watching this and also seeing just where Tate went in his life, just the like just the trajectory that he took, Either the woman saying that it was consensual was completely Stockholm Syndrome by Tate, or this is an entirely different person. Because without some kind of manipulation, I can't imagine anybody saying that was a consensual act. It looked pretty fucking gnarly. The the devil's advocate or, or somebody might say, well, what's the 50 shades of gray area of... BDSM. Right, everybody's kink is their own business kind of thing. When I was watching that, I knew who Andrew Tate was. I knew, I'd already read the script and I'd already read what he'd said about it and some, several articles about that particular video. And as I'm watching it, I could see a couple of components. This is, by the way, let me let me be clear before I say what I'm about to say. This is in no way at all heading in the direction of a defense of the video or Tate or saying that what he was doing was BDSM in any fucking way. So everybody, you can just just uh, go ahead and sit back down. You're fine. That's not where I'm heading with this. But much like Fifty Shades of Grey was widely criticized for not being anything remotely related to the broadly speaking the the BDSM culture and the generally accepted principles and rules about BDSM typically advise like nothing related i mean so far fucking removed that it almost did damage to the community in the sense of giving a false representation of what typically is understood to be the principles and tenets and general best practices of how these various kinks work in terms of consent and all sorts of things, even in what some might view as the gnarliest of things, there's still a process of consent and communication going on. In the same way, I'm looking at this and it's easy for someone to say, oh, don't worry, that was just BDSM and that was consensual. And there's no way to know for sure out of the context, but I think that Tate himself gives the context, and I can imagine no possible scenario where Tate is a communicative dom. This is, this is not somebody expressing their kink and that that girl has a fucking safe word. It comes off as a beating with a belt. I don't think this is consensual BDSM. I think this is clearly a video of abuse. After flaming out on Big Brother, one of Tate's next efforts to create a personal brand and start earning that big money was built around his now-defunct website called TateShinkai.com. Until it went offline sometime between 2018 and 2019, it was basically just a personal site with his bio and a contact form to schedule him for martial arts seminars. That site also had an odd section in the main menu titled just Wudan. This area of the site was a sort of a travel blog or a diary written entirely in first person about the writer's time spent studying martial arts at a place called the Wudan Monastery in China. Now, I will also point out that while it's written in the first person and it's basically like a travel blog, I'm imagining some dread-headed white girl in Southeast Asia. <laughs> On her Thailand adventure for gap year. <laughs> this part of that site has absolutely no explanation or preface. It just dives right into these posts. 
you are left just wondering what the fuck he is talking about. There is, there's no context that's provided at all. I want to talk a little bit about Wudan for a minute, the way that Tate uses that word, and give some background about how I read Tate's blog. First off, Wudan, or at least the idea of it, has been part of Tate's brand name for a long time. You see stuff going way back that involves this this word Wudan, which is, he's, he spells it W-U-D-A-N. And there's even a current, possibly, maybe, I'm not really sure, ban evasion account of Tate's on TikTok called At Temple of Wudan. So this is obviously some, something that is super deep in Tate's incredibly squishy brain. He's, <laughs> he's been working on this idea for a very long time. Wudan is actually a place, even though it's really spelled Wudang with a, with a G sound at the end. It's a mountain range in China. And the area has been historically associated with martial arts, specifically Tai Chi, and with a lot of Chinese philosophy and religion. And without, you know, trying to get into the weeds with Chinese religious and martial arts history, it's basically a counterpart to the Shaolin Monastery. So in martial and Chinese martial arts, at least, there's this there's this relatively arbitrary breakdown that separates them into two groups, the internal and the external martial arts. Generally, the martial arts that come out of Wudan, which are like Tai Chi, Xingyi Chuan, Bagua, are are considered the internal martial arts, whereas Shaolin is considered an external martial art. So they're really counterparts in not so much in Chinese culture, but in the rest of the world's idea of Chinese culture. Because I don't think people in China really care about this stuff, to be honest. All that said, there is absolutely zero evidence in any of Tate's Wudan section that he is aware of any of that context. What Tate is describing is more like the Ra's al Ghul Batman version of the secret <laughs> Chinese temple <laughs> hidden deep in the mountains. The oldest entry in his travel diary dates back to early 2014. Basically, right after he got kicked off of Big Brother. No shit. <laughs> March 2014. I told Priestmaster Yan Wei how at peace I felt amongst the trees. I could feel life all around me. Sitting at the foot of the largest tree, I asked him, When life is so beautiful, why do we fight? His reply was simple. Do you think the largest tree you sit beneath grew so tall amongst many if it didn't fight? There's no way he wrote this shit. No, I actually think Tate wrote this. I think this is his understanding of things. This is where he's operating from. That's why I included this crazy stuff in this in this episode. Because I, I really do think this is where he's functioning from. This is a 13-year-old version of, of mystical Chinese martial arts. This is the Doctor Strange version of going to the temple and learning magic from the, the, the secret Asians that live up in the, in, in the mountains. Shitty made-for-teen shit that you're forced to read in high school. April 2014. On my 400th year atop Wudan, I did not sleep for 20 years. I suffered from terrible nightmares. Scenes of death and destruction. Despite embarrassment, I seeked Master Poe's counsel. I left that in there. That's in the blog. Seeked. Master, you teach me the hidden styles of Wudan in a bid to make me a great warrior. Yet I cannot sleep due to the sight of death, of destruction. I feel uneasy. I simply lie awake. You feel awake, alive, at the sight of battle. And you doubt your skills as a warrior? <laughs> this guy wasn't a marine or something. It's so childish. It's it's the imagination of what it's right. like to be a big soldier man. All right. So and and we can't we can't skip past four hundredth year, and he didn't sleep for twenty. <laughs> Why even include that? What what? Th this is just a flex. That's all it is. Like oh. That that that's how skilled he is. That's how how many of the 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 secret mystic arts he's absorbed. That he's been alive for four hundred years and he didn't even sleep for twenty of them. <laughs> May twenty fourteen, Priestmaster Shi Yan Wei was teaching me in the garden. You must purify your thoughts. When you think of rain, you must see only rain. 
Not the trees it lands on or the clouds it comes from, he instructed. I was sitting in the lotus position. I nodded. I bet you have never had a pure thought in your life, have you? He began to rant. How can you expect to master Wudan if you cannot give your whole mind to anything? He stood up and pulled a thin, flexible branch from underneath his robe. I will show you how to dedicate your mind to a single thought, he said. I heard it whistle through the air as it struck the top of my head. With the crack of a whip, blood began to pour down my face. As the branch had broken the skin in a perfectly straight line, as if a knife had been run along the top of my skull, the pain was unbearable. I couldn't retain focus. I grabbed my head and began to scream in agony. Ha! Your first pure thought. <laughs> ha! Your first pure thought. Pain, he mused. You are a Zen master. Oh my God. Wow. He's so bad. <laughs> so you're not going to hear this in the final recording, but there were so many takes while I just started laughing in the middle of this. <laughs> So that I didn't even catch this in the first the first read through that I gave of this because I just assumed there wasn't any content and I shouldn't give it that much attention. But that story about getting hit with a stick while you're trying to meditate and having to meditate even though you're getting hit with a stick, that is one of the most common stories in in Zen meditation of monks getting hit with a stick and being driven to maintain their focus on this singular the singular point that they're paying attention to, even though pain is being inflicted on them. It's like Tilda Swinson playing the Asian I'm character. I'm telling you, Doctor Strange. Fucking Doctor it Strange. Is, it is Doctor Strange. It is Iron Fist. It is any Kung Fu comic book or mystical Chinese monks comic book you can think of. It, it, it is all pulled together and synthesized and boiled up in Andrew Tate's <laughs> curdled brain and then spit back out into his time on the, on at the Wudan monastery. It's this exoticism of eastern culture that is I mean you you might as might as well call it oriental in this context. What is literally orientalism is the is the the expression that's that's or is the term to describe this kind of fetishizing of asian culture. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. And the, the the other thing too is that in that one in in one of those whichever one it was it doesn't even matter he mentions Master Po that is literally the name of the guy from the show Kung Fu <laughs> he's not even being creative with this shit that that that's the Shaolin master for David Carradine the the, the <laughs> when you can snatch pebble from hand guy. <laughs> That is the beginning of wisdom. And also, it was resurrected as as Jack Black's character in Kung Fu Panda. So they were referencing the Kung Fu television show with Kung Fu Panda. I'm not sure if, if Andrew Tate was referencing the old TV show from the 70s or just the fucking cartoon. Sick <laughs> <laughs> boy on the beat. Suicide, Kurt Cobain, McLaren 720, but it sound like a plane. When I'm on the road, stay in your lane. Beat getting killed like a shot to the brain. Suicide, 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 suicide. It's do or die, do or die, do or die. Go, no hope. I was broke, did it dirty, no soap. I was gonna write a suicide note, but now I kill it making suicide notes. B bang it out, bang it out. That's my new jam. That is my song. <laughs> McLaren 720, but it sounds like a plane. <laughs> when he's rhyming notes with the word notes, I also want to point out briefly, he's talking so much about suicide, and I know he's not talking about revolutionary suicide by Huey P. <laughs> and I know he's also definitely not referencing... Uh, uh, Albert Camus, when he's talking about that misattributed quote, 
I'm cutting all of this. Okay. This is, you you, you don't understand. I had a punchline. I was leading up to a punchline, but the timing is all ruined. You don't understand the Ender Tate vibe. It is (laughs) Tate-ism. You have to be the Tate. (laughs) (laughs) Ender Tate took down the Tate Shinkai site in late 2018 or early 2019 and made a near seamless switch to his current site, CobraTate.com. I, I mean, is this it, this has got to be a reference to Cobra Kai? No, no, it, it has nothing to do with that. He actually, um, he's got a snake tattoo, a cobra tattoo, and it, it had to do with the uh, with his fighting name. All right. At first, Cobra Tate was mostly just a clearinghouse for basically every side hustle project that he was trying to push, but. Then then we've got these different courses that he's doing. A few of them are in the Manosphere. Some of them are alpha male courses. I mean, I, I almost think of like... Those are like the Be Like Tate type courses. You know, like, you want to learn how to, to get girls like me. You want to <laughs> learn how to make money like me. You want to learn how to be a top G. Because that's his, that's his thing, is like, top, be a top G. His whole shtick is fuck bitches get money. Which, not to get too ahead of us here, but his when, when you ask him in any of these interviews, all right, how do you get money? Well, stop being poor, obviously. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that, too. We're, that, that is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole... But don't forget the chess course for 80 pounds. <laughs> I mean, just in case somebody's into that. Hey, if you've got 80 pound or 110 bucks laying around, then uh, you're in luck because... Definitely take the Andrew Tate chess course. I mean, remember, his father was a master. And then later he added a few Forex trading courses. It's really that kind of thing. This is the shotgun in the dark room kind of approach. He just kept throwing things at it to see what stuck. It really feels like one of the grifts from fucking Alex Jones, where he just throws everything at it, where it where it's like a survival kit and buy gold and everything else. Why not? And you just keep throwing things at it until something sticks and some, you know, people start biting on something and then you start leaning on that. I mean, it's it's not like it's a terrible business strategy, but it also shows you that at least at this point, he had no direction and no ideas. It was just everything. At this time period, too, there were a lot of people in this space that had courses like this. I mean, this is when, what was his name? Ty Lopez was getting up to speed, just selling course after course after course. Everything was about selling courses. This is where Tate went with his ideas, too. I'm sure he talked to somebody or read a blog or listened to a podcast and, you know, how to make how to get rich fast. And this is exactly what he leaned into. I'm not trying trying to bring up David Avocado Wolf every fucking episode, but I feel like I'm bringing him up. You hate that man. (laughs) I really think you hate that man. See, for me, David Avocado Wolf was just a guy we covered in an episode. But Jules, he reminds I, I think, me of I think so many really, other people. I feel like I think his you really hate him. Mary- I think that you want to see his life in shambles. You want to see a picture of him standing in front of his 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 cozy mountain home, and it's just on fire. But he he does the same shotgun bullshit with his thousand websites. It's the same approach. You're right. The the two guys are really cut from the same cloth. Or fucking Rael, I mean, who we just covered. Yeah. Where where he has every derelict website that was decayed after two years. So he had a half dozen courses and a mastermind group. And even though he's all over the place with his course topics, things are actually looking much more polished than they were back in the Tate Shin Kai days. We have a couple of highlights from Tate's courses in the original Cobra Tate days. First, there's the Andrew Tate PhD course. I have a PhD. It's a pimp and hose degree. So a lot of you who know me well know that I've owned strip clubs. I've owned webcam studios. At one point, I had a hierarchy with female management and me at the top. I had 75 women working for me. I understand women from the ground up, and I don't just understand women in regards to how to get them. I understand how to retain them. I understand what motivates them. I understand how to make a female happy. 
Now, there's a lot of dudes out there who teach pickup artist stuff. And I read it all, and I've never, ever read anything which is as comprehensive as the things I do. And the reason is because they tell you how to get girls. And some of the stuff they say may be true. But getting girls is easy. You go to the club, you're drinking, they're drinking, you say hello, eventually you chat shit, you bang them, whatever. Getting girls is easy. What I do is I retain women. Not only do I retain women, I train them to be the way I want them to be. I make them fiercely loyal. They allow me to fuck other women. They do anything I say. And I'm not talking about in a horrible, controlling, bad, big, bad Andrew way. I'm talking about just understanding the rules of the game, like chess, and understanding which moves to make to put myself in the best possible position so that I win. So it doesn't mean you don't, I don't have relationships in which I don't feel love and feel fulfilled. It doesn't mean the woman's unhappy. The woman's very happy. A woman's not going to do anything for you unless she wants to. I know how to motivate my woman to want to be good for me, to want to be loyal to me, to want to allow me to go fuck other girls. I, I know the game from the ground up. And for this reason, I think that's, the, that's why most of you guys follow me. So I keep getting hit up. I, I do these little videos, little bits of information on girls, how to argue with girls, this, that, this. I keep getting hit up in inbox saying, Tate, I want to learn your system for girls from the ground up. So that's what this video is going to do. I'm, for the first time, doing something I didn't think I'd do on this YouTube. I'm going to sell a course. And I'm going to sell the course on how to get women from the ground up. How to speak to them in the first place. How to approach them. What motivates them. What to say. How to sleep with them. Because that's, that's only half the game. How to sleep with a woman's only half the game. Most of you guys are out here trying to learn. So he's talking about ground up women. Is this grassroots bitches? <laughs> It's not manipulative at all. And when he says, the, the moment where he says females, I'm imagining fucking Nog or, or Quark from the Ferengi, like, females. <laughs> That's the thing with all of these people that, I mean, th this is obviously, this is like baseline how to objectify women education. But as soon as you do that and you start seeing women as an encounter or how to approach you start talking about human beings as if they're they're squirrels whose habits you're studying. <laughs> when, when he's talking about the the pickup artists and he's talking about it like, yeah, I guess a few of those things work. Anyway, my shit is complete. Nobody has completely dominated women like I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jules. So. Why don't you read some of the early reviews from the Tate PhD course? This course gave me a sense of power and control like no other game tips could give. Now I can walk around with a renewed sense of confidence, attract the girls I want to, and punish the hoes who think they, they're so big and bad. Plus, I'll know which girls I can trust and which girls would just waste my time or money with zero ROI. There's that language, that <laughs> ROI. Return on investment. Using the term ROI to talk about interacting with somebody who you're interested in having an intimate relation with. My comparison with Ferengi continues to get better. These are the people who are Tate's audience. All right, here's another. For a measly price, you get the recipe to build yourself a harem from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need somebody's used harem. You can get your own. Fresh hair on from scratch. <laughs> now you get your starter. You get your, you get your starter, and you get a bit of yeast. And well, that's how you do it. You need to get a starter harem first, <laughs> including a fail-safe method to determine if the chick you're interested in is worth keeping. Invest in your future now, or stay cucked. The choice is yours. Those are the only two options. <laughs> <laughs> you either buy Tate's course. Or be a cuck. All right, one more. More and more men today are being destroyed by our culture's war on men. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Pull it together. Keep going. <laughs> and subsequently has permeated into the success we have with women. This course not only teaches you how to scale your own gravity with women, but also how to regain your birthright as a man. This gravity... That's the word he chose there. And, and then birthright. Your birthright as a man is to not be a cuck, I guess. <laughs> Next, there's a classic take course. Internet pimping. Make millions online with just a webcam. This is how Tate describes the course. The Tate webcam program allows you to turn beautiful women into cold, hard cash. 
What's the only thing better than hanging around with beautiful women? Being paid to do it. Note, the PhD course that we just talked about teaches you very important and valuable, those are both in all caps, lessons about retaining and obtaining women. Retain first, obtain later. We strongly recommend you'd watch this course first. So Tate's stacking them. To appreciate this course, you have to buy my other one first. He definitely, <laughs> I think he, he read some blogs. He, he, those are really common strategies on how to get people to buy your other offerings. They, I, re, I remember reading that stuff, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that. It's called laddering. And so you have one offering and then you have another offering and another offering. So these, they get higher and higher value as you go up. And the higher value offerings refer to the lower value offerings and say, well, you got to get that one, that, that other one, so that you can understand this one. You will learn how to convince girls to work for you, how to start a webcam company from home with zero investment. Homemade webcam girls. <laughs> yes, this is, this is from home. From Hey, do you have a dingy, creepy ass basement? How to do banking and handle taxes so that you get paid day one. The best way to motivate women to make you rich. Tips and tricks from over seven years in the game. A full breakdown of how to earn 30k per month profit from only three girls. All right, Jules, because I, because I love you. Why don't you read one of the reviews? I bought the webcam course about one month ago, and I have already made my money back, streaming under 20 hours total. Yes. In the past, I have launched several online businesses, including dropshipping, Amazon FBA, <laughs> software, digital services, and info products. These are like all of the bullshit businesses. Those are the those are the worst bullshit how to get rich quick online YouTube videos. <laughs> when you when you search how to make a buck quick and then you get some some fucking clickbait top five things to get rich. Those are what they list. They list drop shipping, Amazon FBA, some like SaaS business, which is software, digital services, which is freelancing, and then info products, which is selling somebody else's ebooks. You can literally start earning hundreds of dollars a day in your first week of business with almost zero startup costs. All you need to get started is a decent computer, a webcam, a stable internet, and of course, a girl. <laughs> <laughs> There's that human capital. <laughs> I feel like one of these is not like the other. Well, if you take the P if you take the Tate PhD course, you wouldn't see that as an obstacle. You'd just be having, you'd know how to get women. And like Tate says, you know how to retain them and then get them to work for you. <laughs> and then there's the Tate war room. Tate's War Room Mastermind Group is listed among Tate's earliest offerings. He describes it as a network of millionaires and uses the analogy of being in a group of 100 ice cream experts that you almost can't help learning something about ice cream. So he thinks if you hang around with a bunch of millionaires, it's just going to rub off on you and you're not going to be able to help but to learn how to get rich yourself. He's probably not wrong about that, that if you were to take somebody who didn't know anything about that world of how people live that are in the, I don't know, tens of millionaires kind of category, maybe hundreds of millionaires, I, I don't know. If you took somebody who didn't know anything about that world and you just plopped them down into it and then they they just went around with them for a couple of months and did all the things they did and listened in on all the conversations that they had, they would probably learn quite a bit about how to get and retain that position. What's that movie with Eddie Murphy where he gets, he gets, he gets the... So I can, just trading places. It's trading places. <laughs> yes, I literally, I literally just described the plot of Eddie Murphy's trading places. <laughs> The War Room is an organization I created because it was what I was looking for when I was younger. So when I was 21 or 22, I watched The Matrix. Remember in The Matrix where Neo downloads all that information into his brain? Like, yeah. I know Kung Fu and Morpheus has shown me because he downloads it. I was like, where do I go online to learn how to get rich, get very powerful friends and get a bunch of women? Because that's what I wanted. I wanted like 10 passports. I want 10 driver's licenses. I want paperwork that made me above the law. I want friends who in 
50 countries around the world who I could crash with. I want beautiful girls. I wanted money and I couldn't find it anywhere. So when I kind of became successful, I put that together. So the war room is basically an organization based around personal sovereignty. It's not a political organization. We're not, a, we're not about Trump. You know, we're not about saving the West in any particular way. We're about saving yourself as an individual getting as many passports as possible, getting as many driver's licenses as possible, as much paperwork as possible so no one can contain you. Corona's proved that, right? During Corona, I've been to 16 countries. I tried to go somewhere with my English passport, no. American passport, no. Nigerian passport, no. Moldovan passport, no. Romanian passport, yes. So you, can't, you need a bunch of paperwork nowadays to even travel. So we teach all that. We teach people how to make money online. We do teach about girls. We teach about everything a man needs, and it's a network. If, if you go, when I go to Belarus, I'm going to be meeting war room guys, guys on the ground who know the city, who you can trust and take care of you. So it's an international network in 60 countries, and we have some amazing guys in there. So that's basically what the network is. How, how big is the group, if you don't mind saying? It, it, it's big, but uh, we kick, we, I like, because I like to make life difficult. There is a culture inside where you must brag. You must do impressive things, and you must meet milestones and you must show your impressive things to other people. If you do not prove you are advancing as a human in whichever the different metrics, I don't want to give too much away, in the many different metrics, you get kicked out. So over Good. time, only half of the members survive. Half of the guys join and they can't keep up and they get kicked out. So this is a, this is a group for winners. Everyone in there is a winner. And if you join and you're not a winner, you need to become a winner. You can't just join and sit around. It's, it's, it's the opposite of that. So I think in its history, I won't say how many people are in there now, but a good 600 people got kicked out in, in its history. You must. And this, is a, this is at CobraTate.com? CobraTate.com. Yeah. So Co Iggy is in the chat. He's one of the guys from the war room. And it's based on my fight gym. In my fight gym, we had fitness tests. And if you couldn't keep up, you got kicked out of class. And it's the same thing. That's how, that's how it should be. There's so much complacency and in, in, uh, people just yeah. fucking riding along. Basically, what he's talking about is he wants to be James Bond. <laughs> Again, we have a guy here. This go like go back to the Wudan stuff. This is an adolescent fantasy. He wants to be a super spy, martial arts expert that trained in the mountains of China. The only things he didn't mention yet are being a cowboy and a knight. This is an incredibly shallow person. These are adolescent fantasies. By 2020, the pieces were all in place, but Tate was still struggling to get noticed on a large scale. But then, by April of that year, we get our first glimpse of a new Tate project, Hustlers University. But I often say the biggest mistake people make in their lives is traditional education. It's a waste of time, it's a scam. And I always tell people why it's a waste of time, why it's a scam. Like there's the double inflation principle that I coined myself the fact that more degrees exist every year, which inflates them because they're less valuable because more exist. Plus the price goes up every year, which means it's less valuable because it's more expensive. If more exist, the price should go down. Scarcity and value are linked, but there's some kind of double inflation that goes on with education, which is propagated by the mainstream think tanks because they want to put you in there and they want to brainwash you. They want to put you in there and they want to turn you into a pussy not actually teach you anything that's useful, <laughs> just turn you into a little worker drone. Nobody goes to university and leaves knowing how to get rich. And if you look at all the richest people in the world or all the most successful people, they'll say, I didn't go to school. So we have Daddy Tate here, econ professor. I got a couple of these. Here's the next one. Lesson one, speed. Now I tell this to everybody all the time and nobody understands what I'm trying to say. I'm gonna try and articulate it. Speed is extremely important in business. Everything that needs to be done must be done fast. That doesn't mean it has to be done cheap or shit. It means it has to be done quickly. People seem to conflate the two, that if you do something quickly, it must be terrible. That's not the case. When you're a professional fighter, you learn to punch. Your instructor says faster, faster, faster. You learn to punch faster. You don't degrade your punch. You don't start punching like an idiot. You keep the same quality of punch, but you do it quicker. Now, nobody in the world, the modern world especially, and I'm gonna say this, a caveat that I've learned across my career as well, especially if you're dealing with creative people in any kind of regard, they don't understand speed. Numbers people kind of understand speed. Creative people don't understand speed. And this is their, they have a strength and a weakness there. With creative people have something I don't have. They're very creative and they can see things I can't see, but it takes time. 
I'm the complete opposite. I want everything done straight away now. But speed is super important for a business, and I'm gonna tell you why. So whatever you're thinking of doing, whatever the business you're thinking of running, you need to do things quickly. If an airplane, everyone knows how planes work, is flying <laughs> through the sky, arrow, beautiful demonstration for you there, a beautiful fucking diagram. Even if its engines fail, it will continue to fly. If the engines fail, it will not fall out of the sky and instantly crash to the ground. It will continue to fly. Do you know why? Because it has forward momentum. It's going forward, and that means the wings are creating lift. Air is going underneath the plane. As long as the plane goes forward, it will not fall and fail. And a business is exactly the same. You have an idea, and it's been a week. Where's your fucking company? Where's your business? It's been a week, you ain't done shit. People are lazy, people are slow, people are complacent, including you. Everything must happen instantly, quickly, fast, speed, attack. Hitler conquered Europe with Blitzkrieg. You need to go quickly. I cannot emphasize this enough. Lesson one, speed is important. Nothing can be slow. So Hitler, our model for how we should do things, <laughs> and his Blitzkrieg. But what about the plane? The, the engine's failing and the plane just keeps going forward, it won't crash, but, but how long is it gonna go forward before it eventually crashes, if the engines are not working? How, how far <laughs> will it go? All of his examples are terrible. And Hitler, how long did he last? I mean, it was like, what, five years or something like that after he really started stirring shit up in Europe and invading everybody? It was a great big flurry. And yeah, he had a great effect really, you know, right up front and everybody was on their heels and he was had the advantage. And but how long did it last? So this is the recipe for a bunch of businesses that are going to shoot really high and then crash and explode. It's often said that businesses succeed or fail within three or five years. This is the recipe to do that. His his whole suggestion for all of these clips is be impatient. Be really impatient. Wait for nothing. And don't worry about those creatives. Right. We, we have. <laughs> so that's Tate's version of how Hustlers University is going to be. Here's a look at how the rest of it works. Hustlers University is a Discord server that's broken up into campuses. Each campus is focused on one subject area. There's a stock picking channel, one for crypto investing. Because that's going great right now. <laughs> copywriting, freelancing, and e-commerce. Each campus has its own professor who leads discussions on that topic. So you're getting, you're going to be getting instructions from somebody who at least allegedly has some sort of expertise in this particular area. It is not Andrew Tate teaching you all of these things. He has collected people together. He's just sort of the, the ringleader here for this circus. By August 2022, Hustlers University had over 165,000 members. At $50 a month, that's over $8 million monthly just from membership dues. This is where we come back around to our question at the top of the episode. How did Andrew Tate get so much visibility so quickly? Remember that in July 2022, Andrew Tate's name was searched for more than Kim Kardashian's. Andrew Tate's secret for rocketing into everyone's timeline and newsfeed turns out to be just simple old affiliate marketing. If you look at the content online featuring Tate or content about him, almost none of it is actually posted by him. I mean, none of it's posted by him now because all his profiles are gone. But before he got banned, almost none of that stuff that was being shared was being posted by him. Tate's affiliate system is currently closed. That used to be part of Hustlers University was the affiliate marketing campus. The way it worked until recently was once you sign up for Hustlers University and put your card down, you'd get access to all the campuses that Jules mentioned and the affiliate marketing campus. There, in addition to the information about running an affiliate campaign, you get a personal Hustlers University sign-up code, and then you were told to get out there and share it. So, so every time someone signs up to Hustlers U you, with your code, you get a percentage. And the more you share your link, the more people might click on it, and the more money you would make. That comes back to Andrew Tate's increasingly extreme comments. Not only does this sound like multi-level marketing to the extreme. And we talk about that. It's a bit. literally just affiliate marketing. It's, it's, you know, a lot of, I, I actually want to like, I, I want to take a second for this. There are a lot of people who have pushed back on this program of Tate's 
and called it either MLM or a pyramid scheme. It's really not either one of those things. This is genuinely affiliate marketing. Well, that's a good the, point. Yeah. It, I mean, this is the this is no different than some other brand's ambassador program or something where you go out and you like you push their shit on your Instagram thing cuz you're you know, you have 5,000 followers or and you're some kind of a micro influencer. Then every time somebody clicks on your ambassador link, you get a little bit of money. Except the product that's being sold is incredibly different. You're not taught you're not selling some kind of lotion or cosmetics. You're not selling even supplements. What you are selling is Hustlers University. How to sell books to dumb motherfuckers. And then you buy the book. <laughs> but really what you're selling is Andrew Tate. You're selling his personality. You're selling his extreme comments. This is from Newsweek. Tate had encouraged Hustlers University to post videos of him to get as many referrals as possible and therefore earn a commission. As a result, thousands of videos of the kickboxer went viral online. An investigation by The Observer found followers were explicitly encouraged to create arguments and war by posting deliberately controversial clips which would generate more views for Hustler University and Tate. These instructions have now been deleted. The more insane and toxic Tate and his followers are, the more attention the clips are going to get. And it doesn't matter if you're 13 and can't tell that it's bullshit, or if you're a 30-year-old woke liberal and he triggers you. Either way, Tate's comments are going to get some reaction out of somebody. And you can find this is also sort of a ratcheting effect where each of new clip of Tate has to be more reactionary and over the top than the last one. You see how these things build on each other. He can't back down. You get to a point where you you get so extreme that you can't let off. You have to be more extreme than your last clip. And all that reaction online contributed to how far clips of him were shared because everybody knows social social media is selecting for this. This is how it's built. The more reactionary, the more extreme a clip is, the more people are going to spread it around, the more they're going to comment on it, the more they're going to to share it with other people. That That is how it's designed. It is a reaction-generating machine. Unless you get too spicy. But exactly. But even, even if only 10% click on, the, on the, the clip and listen to it, and then only 10% of those actually sign up, hell, even if it's 1%, this is still translating into thousands or possibly tens of, or, or possibly tens of thousands of new subscriptions to Hustlers University. This is how Tate did it. This is how he went from nothing in May of 2022 to being searched for more than Kim Kardashian by the beginning of August. And every one of those signups is paying $50 a month. That's how he hit that. <laughs> that's how he's hitting that $8 million a month mark. Aside from any way that he possibly made money in the past and, you know, the all of this talk about him owning casinos in Romania and the cam girls and everything else. Aside from any of that, he is currently making $8 million a month that he is, you know, for himself and then spreading among all of these other professors, quote unquote, of Hustlers University for getting people to sign up so that they can learn how to make money. So he's making money from people paying to learn how to make money. Yeah, I'm sure it has the same kind of legitimacy as PragerU. <laughs> right. Learn how to be reactionary. <laughs> in August 2022, and we're going to come, this is where we come back to that boiling point you were just talking about, Jules. In August 2022, all of Tate's inflammatory speech finally got to be too much for the social media platforms, and he was banned from basically everywhere. This is from Rolling Stone. Days after being banned from Facebook and Instagram, Tate was also barred from TikTok. And on Monday, August 22nd, YouTube announced that it had disabled Tate's channels for multiple violations of its community guidelines and terms of service, such as its hate speech policy. Additionally, Tate's Twitch channel is no longer accessible on the platform. In its place, a notice indicates that the channel was closed by the user. This is a really savvy move on Tate's part. Twitch has a terms of service uh, clause that if your channel is banned, then you cannot appear on anybody else's Twitch stream. So 
what he did was close it down before Twitch had a chance to close it down for him. That way he can keep showing up on all these different channels. Somebody else might get flagged because of something Tate says on their stream, but he can keep showing up. And he can show up on interviews and things like that. That's exactly what I mean. He shows up as a guest on somebody else's stream. Yeah. Because he no longer has a channel. He can't get shut down. But that's not nearly the end of the story, though. Remember how that affiliate program works? Almost all the content featuring Tate was shared by other people. And that content, that content is almost all still there. Unless individual accounts had videos flagged, they are all still up. On Instagram, as of two days before we recorded this, the hashtag Andrew Tate has over 100,000 posts. And it's just clips of him. Nothing but clips. There's not even pictures. It's all clips. On TikTok, I found an account referencing Andrew Tate in the bio with over 500,000 followers. And again, it is nothing but Tate clips. There are dozens of others just like it. And the profile links, this is where this is where you see the, the magic in Tate's plan. The profile links all point to a landing page. These are all individually built landing pages. They're all completely different URLs. It is like hustlersuniversity.cc, hustlersuniversity.es, all, all these different URLs. And every single one of them points to the sign-up page for Hustlers University. <laughs> so well, the first thing you see is a video that the that somebody created themselves talking about how much money they've, you know, how much they've learned on Hustlers University. And then right beneath that is just a sign-up page. These are just squeeze pages. That's all they are. And, you know, it's just a video clip and a, and a button that takes you with somebody's affiliate link to the sign-up page for Hustlers University. His, his entire teaching has no philosophy whatsoever. It is entirely the imagination of the most ignorant teenage male. And on top of it, you, you get the philosophy that you do get from him is really just Big Daddy Kane saying, Pimpin' ain't easy. <laughs> He does have the he does have the pimps and hose degree. <laughs> Even when you grill him about anything that's controversial, he'll contradict himself with semantics. And even with his semantics, it still doesn't fucking make any sense where he'll say, I own these women. He'll say in all these interviews, I own these women. I own all their stuff. Everything they have is mine. And then you they ask him, so you see women as property? No, no, of course not. I, he he can't he can't help it. If you if you give him more than three minutes, he is going to wrap himself up into a knot with his words. And he talks so fast with all of his nonsense words that well, it it's almost all about sounds speed. like he's saying something. No, he talks like Hitler conquered Europe. <laughs> it's just it is a blitz it is a blitzkrieg of words. The the thing that that gets me about Tate, I mean, obviously, we can talk forever about toxic masculinity. We could talk forever about toxic masculinity and the manosphere, and there's plenty to say about all those things that have been said by a lot of other people. The thing that gets me though that I don't, I haven't heard too terribly much is that he has really figured out a way to be present in everybody's world without actually being present on social media. He's yeah. figured out he's figured out a way with this affiliate program and Hustlers University that to to generate an army of disaffected men to do this for him. Yeah, you know, he's taking people that are sort of born again incels and turning them into his a Tate army to go spread his clips everywhere. So he can go, you know, they know where to find him because he's still online. He's just not on the main platforms. He, he's still visible on all of these fringe social media video sites and fringe platforms, though he's not really on the fringe, uh, like regular social media sites like Parler and Gab. He's, he doesn't really have a presence there, but a lot of people are sharing his clips there. He, he doesn't have, he doesn't personally have profiles. He's not, he's not on Parler or Truth Social, you know, just being, being himself. But what he's doing is he's producing videos and putting them up on Rumble. And, and and putting him up on 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 these other fringe video sites, then people get these clips and spread them around. That's that means that 
we're going to be stuck with Andrew Tate for quite a long time because nobody has really any interest. None of these platforms have any interest in policing Andrew Tate's content. All they did was get rid of his videos and they just call it done. And now it's going to be up to every individual user who encounters these videos to flag them. And he was already using that technique in the first place, so it barely made a dent in what he it, was doing. It's, it's barely it made a dent. It only launched him when he got his accounts canceled. Exactly. And what we're looking at with the current Google trend, where you know he hit that peak and then he dropped back down to this new baseline, which is significantly higher than the original one before he got all the notoriety. What we're what we're gonna see here is that he this is just gonna keep on the way that it's been. Because he doesn't need to be on social media. He he wasn't, it wasn't his personal reach that was creating all of the, the reach that his videos were getting. It was the fact that he had recruited this army. On top of that, his shtick stands out in the manosphere somehow, where he makes look, he makes people like Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan look like fucking feminists. That's because they're not playing the same game, though. They're not you playing see, the same game. And, and, and I, and I want to be clear in what I'm saying, that they're not trying to say the same things that he's saying. No, but, it's, yeah. That but, should be clear to anybody who listened, who has heard anything from Peterson or Rogan, that they're, this is not, they're not in the same arena as Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, his, his appeal to those who follow him is... I don't even want to compare him to Trump even in the sense of Trump's being frank or being honest appeal that so many people talk about where, ah, he's just telling the truth. It's not even quite that. But I think part of his appeal is the simplicity of his misogyny in, in, his, in his basic message. It's of, really easy to digest. It is not complicated. It is right there. You can just suck it up. If you if you if you're one of these guys that is receptive to that sort of that sort of messaging, you can hear Tate say these things and just suck it up. You've been mistreated by some girls. You've been hanging out on you know on the uh, on the incel threads on Eight Coon. If, you can if just you, suck if, this stuff if you're, up. If you're if you're eating up the the MIGTO shit, the men going their own way. This guy is the avatar of just that. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wetwired. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wetwired. And for three bucks a month, you can support the work we're doing and help us stay ad-free and independent. You'll also get access to our growing catalog of premium episodes and get another couple of new premium episodes every month. We just finished a nearly three-hour, two-part series on Maitreya Rael and his UFO religion, and we are trying very hard to pick up our production speed so we can regularly release two free episodes and two premium episodes every month. Isn't that right, Jules? We're going to try to get these episodes written more quickly? You're damn right, Sean! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> He says that now. <laughs> Everybody clap at Jules for playing along. You can also join our Discord server. It's crazy quiet in there at the moment, so don't expect much at first, but it could be really fun. I'm in the server now. It really you is. Can, he finally joined, me. literally. Three months after I sent him the sign-up leak, he finally, he finally accepted the invitation. You had to send me a second one because it expired. Yeah, it, exactly. The first one expired. <laughs> but... It really could be fun. I think this could be a great place for us to to talk about some of these ideas in uh, maybe a more focused way or debrief some of these episodes and dig down deeper. And really, I would like more people to join the Discord because I want to hear from the people who are listening to the show. We, we're, I mean, we're a very small show, but we're consistently hitting five, six, seven hundred listeners every month. And... I know that's an incredibly small audience, but that's a lot of people. So if there were even 10 or 20 of those people that are listening to us regularly contributing in the Discord, we could have some great conversations. 
Not only that, you can suggest shows to us in the Discord. We can discuss the ideas. That is and totally true. We do a bananas amount of research for every episode. Yeah. Hours. There, there's there's so Hours. much that goes into an episode that we that does not make it into the script because mainly time. Well, and then one of the things that I would really like to have, you know, going on in these conversations is to hear from people who know more about this stuff than we do. Because oh, when, yeah, we, absolutely. When, when we pick these episodes, sometimes it's things that we've known about for a long time. We've been following it, following for, for almost forever. But sometimes it's things that we've come across relatively recent. Sometimes it's things we've come across relatively recently that just sparked our interest. And then we just did a bunch of research. That means that even though we tried to be thorough, there is a ton of things that we've missed. So people who know more about this definitely tell us like we we like I'm working on a script right now about the advanced training institute this is new to me i have just learned about it but it's fascinating i am bound to miss some stuff and i'm you know some some fundamental perspective even that somebody else might have so if you know something about the advanced training institute or if oh my god i feel so bad if you were homeschooled in that program i would love to hear from you reach out to us. I mean, hell, maybe we can even fit you into the show. It's not going to come out for a couple of weeks. So, And of course, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at wetwiredpod. I'm at Julian Hooligan. Sean? We're going to see you out there. Somewhere on this planet, there is someone who is your age, may look a bit like you, who was just given some bad fucking news. Either they were just given a cancer diagnosis and given two weeks to live, or the police just knocked on the door and said, your family's Yeah, a, a cement truck ran them all over. They're splattered all over the road. My family? Yeah, all of them. I guarantee a bomb in Syria or a chemical attack in Yemen. There's someone your age who just got given some bad fucking news. And if you were to sit there and explain to them your problems, they would swap lives with you in a heartbeat. And this is what most of you motherfuckers don't understand. You're not grateful for what you have because you don't understand and don't anticipate that there's someone out there who would do anything to have what you have. I'm not even talking about me with my Lambo and my beautiful women and all my shit. I'm talking about just a normal, safe life where you can watch Tate Speech YouTube videos and no one's going to bomb your house. There are people who would do anything to trade with you.